How to get good audio from your podcast guests. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 304. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Whether you have an interview-style show or you ever have guests on your show, you probably know that having non-podcaster guests present all kinds of challenges. So here's how to ensure you get the best sound quality possible from your podcast guests. This has been a very popular topic requested by Max Flight, Onai, Jeremy Jackson, Candice Jones, Mike Rappin, and many others through my feedback channels. And if you have questions you'd like me to address in an episode of the Audacity to Podcast, email me, feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com. I have a new method for being able to catalog those and process them properly So I hope that will help me to better serve you and bring great content to you in the Audacity to Podcast. Now, we podcasters can tend to obsess over our audio quality, and it is certainly important to ensure your audience can hear and understand you. But remember that nearly no one subscribes to a podcast solely because of its audio quality. You don't hear people say, oh, man you got to subscribe to this podcast. The content's horrible, the guests are horrible, their voices are horrible, but boy, do they sound good with their microphones. You don't hear that. But yes, a lack of good audio quality is certainly a reason people unsubscribe from podcasts. So it's a careful balance to get good enough audio quality so it's not distracting, but then don't let yourself get distracted by the audio quality that you get. So how can you get then the best audio quality possible that's reasonably possible from your guests, especially if your guests aren't podcasters? That's where these tips will help you to find a balance of audio quality and other factors so that you can deliver the best podcast reasonably possible given all of the situation. Follow along in the show notes for episode 304 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio, especially near the end of this. You're going to want many of these links and resources that I mentioned. So that's at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio. Here's an overview of what I'll share. Make it easy for your guest, focus on the message, maintain your own audio quality, encourage good mic technique and environment, separate guest and studio audio, match loudness, And then to wrap it all up, I have some tools to help you record podcast guests. You will want the show notes for this. So follow along at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio. Let's start at the beginning. Make it easy for your guest. I think the most important thing to remember is that your guest is doing you a favor by being on your show. They're already taking time out of their busy schedules to spend it with you and oftentimes doing so knowing that they will not get as much value in return. So why make it difficult for them to participate in your podcast? You could do things like ship a microphone, use multi-ender recording tools, and more to ensure you get the utmost audio quality from your guest. But using any of these could be a bit too much from your guest, especially when it requires installing apps, creating accounts, connecting equipment, and other stuff like that. 
And for some guests, even something as simple or seemingly simple as getting Skype could be too much to ask for them. So work with what you can. If your guest has a smartphone, that may be the easiest option that also returns the best results. Installing and using apps like Skype, FaceTime, Reiner, and anything else like that may be easier on their mobile device than on their computer. So ask first whether they have a smartphone. And plus, smartphones have really good microphones. So you only need an app to use that good microphone. Thus, having your guest use a voice over IP or VoIP app on their device, but holding their device as if they were making a phone call puts that high-quality microphone near their voice and gives you great results and even better results than if they were using a headset. And then without all of the complication of trying to ship them a microphone, get them to use a nice microphone, anything like that, it's easy for them. Using the handset also reduces the chances of rustling noises. Like if they're using a headset microphone that's rubbing against their clothing, they can't hear it when that happens, but you may hear it. And if you have a really animated guest, they may be moving around a whole lot, causing a whole bunch of really distracting, really loud rustling noises. There may also be filtering with their headset or some other negative issues that can affect the audio quality if they're using a headset or earpiece or headphones or anything like that, that picks up their voice instead of the actual handset. So try to get them to use the handset as a regular phone so that you get that nice microphone close to their voice. And if that isn't possible, then compromise and accept a standard phone call. I know it's lower audio quality, and I'll address that more in a moment, but consider which is more important, that all your guests on your podcast have great audio quality, but you can't get the guests you really want, or that you get the guests you want, but with some lower audio quality every now and then. I think it's more important to make it easy for your guest, even if that means sacrificing audio quality in some ways. Next, focus on the message. Your audience consumes your podcast because of the messages you share, not because of the audio quality and maybe not even because of the guest themselves. Yes, certain guests may attract an audience, but you are the curator of content. You're the one who decides what questions to ask. You're the one who guides the conversation. You are the one bringing out the message. Even if your guest is the provider of that message, you are bringing it out to your audience. Thus, it's far more important for you to bring those messages to the world than to obsess over getting pristine audio quality. Yes, do try to get the best results you can, but don't sacrifice a great message simply because the audio isn't studio quality. As long as your audience can hear and understand your guest and their message, the audio quality is acceptable. Focus on the message. That's what people are there for. So that's where you need to focus. Next, maintain your own audio quality. It's okay if you can't get the best audio quality from your guest, but your audio needs to be its usual best. This is because you are your podcast's constant. We are actually quite used to this mismatch of quality difference where the main host sounds good, but the guest doesn't sound the best. You hear it in radio and television, and it is quite common then for that special guest to be joining through something as simple as a phone call or for their video to not look as good, or they're on a Skype connection and their video isn't as smooth, their lighting isn't great, anything like that. We accept that because we know the constant audio quality is in the main host not in the different guests, and because we're also more focused on the message than the audio quality itself. 
So however you record your guest's audio, I recommend you record your own voice in whatever your normal method is. Even if you're using a call recorder on your computer to record your side of the conversation and your guest, sometimes those call recorders default to a lower audio quality setting. So make sure you go in and change that to its highest audio quality. 44.1 kilohertz, uncompressed wave if possible, and 16-bit audio. Some call recorders default to something lower, and so if you rely on that call recorder instead of your normal method, then you'll get a fairly poor audio quality on your voice. So if you're recording through your normal means for, even if it's only your voice recorded through the normal means, and then you use your Skype or other kind of call recorder to record your guest voice, separating their voice onto its own track, and I'll tell you more about that in a moment, then your audio quality will be consistent within your episode and across your other episodes. People may not notice if your guests are of different audio quality, or they may not care all that much, but it is really noticeable if your audio quality changes, especially if it changes within the episode. So try to keep your voice at a consistent audio quality. Next, encourage good mic technique and environment. In many ways, technique and environment affect audio quality even more than the gear itself. But please don't overwhelm your guest with pages and pages of instructions telling them do this, don't do this, set up this, change that, do all of these things because they are doing you a favor. But there are some quick little points that you can send them to ensure that you get the best results possible from them. Go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio and feel free to copy and paste the suggested points I have for you that you can share then with your guest. You could start that message, whether it's through email or a post on your site, saying, so you'll sound the best and my audience can hear your message. Please follow these recommendations. And then here, I give you two lists of recommendations you could share with your guest. Don't send them both. Send them only what's relevant to them. If you send both or you send a longer list, you're adding information that's potentially irrelevant and overwhelming. If they see a list of 20 things, but only five of them apply to them, then you're wasting their time by giving them those other 15 things. Know in general what they're going to use and give them a simple list. So for my two lists that I provide, and again, you're welcome to copy and paste these into your own messages. Go to the audacity to podcast.com slash guest audio to get these from the show notes. I split it into VoIP and telephone. VoIP could be through the computer or through a smartphone or anything like that. Telephone is a telephone call. So for VoIP, I give these six points. Number one, stay four to six inches, 10 to 15 centimeters from your microphone. Number two, wear headphones. Number three, go somewhere quiet. If you hear something, the microphone probably can too. Number four, turn off notification sound or set to D&D. Number five, try to stay still. Number six, don't worry if something goes wrong. For a telephone call, I would say, number one, don't use speakerphone. Number two, go somewhere quiet. If you hear something, the phone probably can too. Number three, turn off notification sounds or set to do not disturb. Number four, try to stay still. And number five, don't worry if something goes wrong. Again, give them only the instructions that are relevant to their situation. So maybe in your initial conversation with them, you find out how would you be able to connect through Skype, through a smartphone, through a telephone, what works best for you? Can you use this or not? And then give them those tips to ensure that they get the best audio quality with what they have. 
Now, so you can better understand why I chose these things and only these things, and there are many other things you could ask them to do, but then that starts to get overwhelming. I think these are the most important things that will give you the best results. So why I say to stay four to six inches or 10 to 15 centimeters away from the microphone is because room and reverb noise increase with distance from the microphone. This is one of the most common things that happen with Skype use and speakerphone use is that people are feet away from the microphone instead of inches or centimeters away. And the farther away you get from the microphone, the more your voice reverbs in the room that's bouncing around, creating little micro echoes. And also the more the microphone is likely to pick up other noise in the room. So the audio quality is much worse the farther you move away from the microphone. So if you have them close to the microphone, and that's why I recommend having them use their smartphone, holding their handset up to their head as if it's a phone call, that's putting the microphone the ideal distance away from them. Yes, you may get some plosives in the recording, but that's far more acceptable, and you can reduce that a little bit and filter it out a tiny bit, but that's far more acceptable than barely being able to understand them because of all the reverb and room noise that's captured with the recording. And staying close to the microphone, four to six inches or 10 to 15 centimeters, is that ideal distance where they're not so close that's overly boosting the bass in their voice, but they're also not so far that's capturing the reverb and room noise a whole lot. I suggest you tell them to wear headphones because that eliminates the potential echo and audio feedback that you could get if they're using their speakers. Many people simply don't realize what all the microphone picks up, especially if they don't have a way to monitor what the microphone is hearing. They don't know that when your voice comes through the speakers that the microphone is also picking it up, creating echo, maybe distracting you, certainly reducing the audio quality. If they're using a phone to make the connection, I say to not use speakerphone because just like with staying close to the microphone, speakerphones are designed for use farther away from you, feet away from the voice. So it would then capture a lot more reverb and room noise. And even if they got close, because if you tell them, oh yeah, speakerphone's fine, but be four to six inches, well then the microphone will pick them up too loud and their voice will distort. So if they're connecting through a telephone, suggest that they don't use speakerphone. I suggest you tell them to go somewhere quiet because they understand what quiet means. You don't have to educate them on acoustics to say, go somewhere where there's very little reverb and echo and make sure all of this other stuff. Just tell them, go somewhere quiet. And then they can know by your telling them, if you hear something, the microphone probably can too. They'll know that, okay, I probably shouldn't be right next to the washer and dryer right now. I probably shouldn't have my window open with these kids and loud machinery outside. Quiet is a good enough word. Then I suggest that you tell them to turn off notification sound or set to do not disturb, D&D, because Skype, Slack, email, calendar events, reminders, and much more can create these notification noises that become really distracting in the background. And they can especially be bad if the device making the noise is the same as what's capturing their voice. It could cause a really loud vibration, a really loud ding, or something else like that. I think you should tell them to try to stay still because that reduces the chances of rustling noise if they're wearing loud clothing or if, especially if they're wearing or holding whatever that device is with the microphone in it. And even if they have the microphone sitting on a desk, asking them to try to sit still will reduce the chances of their bumping the microphone or 
pounding on the desk or anything like that and causing bad audio to make its way into the microphone. And then the last thing is to reassure them, tell them, don't worry if something goes wrong. This lets them know that the audio doesn't have to be perfect. The message is more important and they may not even need to apologize if something does go wrong. There may be times for you to decide that this thing in the background is so distracting that you need to interrupt the conversation, although I really, really suggest you not interrupt, but there may be times to stop the flow of the conversation and say, hey, I noticed such and such is going on in the background. Is there any chance you could turn that off? Because I think it might distract my audience from hearing this great information you're sharing. Don't interrupt them to do that and make sure that you're able to come back on track if they have to get up and handle that thing. If they can't handle it at that moment, you may need to consider rescheduling or you may be able to say, okay, it's no problem. I think it's not overly distracting. It is a little distracting, but not too bad. We'll be able to continue on. There are times when you may even be able to bring that distraction into your podcast so that, yes, you are focusing the attention on it, but it may even add value or humor or something to the conversation. There's a video that circulated recently among podcasters where it showed a gentleman in a business suit with some books in the background in his home office being interviewed on national television through Skype. And while he's having this conversation about global issues, one of his children comes into the room and sits in the background. He's visible in the shot. He comes up near his dad, obviously wanting some attention, wanting to show his dad something. And the father puts out his hand and is trying to push the boy away. And I think even puts his hand on the kid's face and just pushes him away. That's a bit distracting and kind of a little bit mean to see. And then a baby comes in on one of those little bouncer things where the baby can kind of walk, but they're mounted in the little thing. And this baby comes in and is bouncing and not really making much noise, but is a visual distraction in the background while all of this is visual on camera. And then the wife bursts into the room with this overly dramatic look with her posture and everything. And she quickly gathers up the children and literally crawls out of the room, thinking that maybe she won't show up on camera because she's crawling and not realizing she's on camera this whole time. It's funny to watch, and I'll put it in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash guest audio, but it's also painful to watch. That could have been handled so much better either by that guest or by the interviewer. The host could have taken over the conversation and the producers could have shifted the camera back on him so that he carries the conversation while this distracting thing is handled so that the audience isn't left watching this distracting and semi-disturbing thing. The guest could have also had the chance to be a superhero to the audience and to his own family by even acknowledging and incorporating that distraction. Something he could have done, a couple ideas. One is he could have picked up his child and he could have said, this is why I care about these global issues. I want to ensure my children have a safe future. Oh, superhero dad to do something like that, right? Something else he could have done on the fun side of things, he could have said, one moment while I consult my in-house global expert here. And he could have taken that moment to then say something very quietly to his son to say, like, Daddy's on something really important right now. Can you go back out to mommy? He could have done something like that and still been perceived as a superhero to his family and to the audience. 
and I know not everyone can think on their feet, and I'm not sure if, if I was in that same situation, if I would have been able to think of any of those ideas too. That could be on you, the host, to work with something like that, or it could be on the guest. But it might not always fit in your podcast, depending on the style of your podcast and the kind of distraction that it is. But don't feel like anything that makes the audio slightly bad is something that, oh, you suddenly have to edit this out and this can't make it at all into the podcast and we must redo this entire thing now because of this distraction. Don't worry so much if something goes wrong. Remember, it goes back to make it easy for your guest and focus on the message. Those are really the two most important things with when you're trying to get good audio from your guest, making it easy for them and focusing most on the message, even if it means compromising in all of the other areas. You may have a situation, though, where you provide these simple steps and your guest didn't read them or they outright ignore them. And when you're connected to them and you notice right away when you're connected that there's something that's distracting, then you have to do some prioritization here for yourself and decide, is this worth asking them to fix or interrupting the conversation? Please don't interrupt the conversation as much as possible, but is it worth it? Is this really that distracting that we need to fix this thing? And try to catch those things when you first connect with them and focus on really what's most important. If you notice a lot of echo, say, do you have some headphones you can put on really quickly? If not, then could you by any chance turn down the volume or point your microphone farther away from the speakers or anything like that? Focus on what can they do that's simple, quick to get that good mic technique or a better environment for you. It may not be reasonable to say, could you go in a different room to record? it may be more reasonable to make these other smaller adjustments for those bigger gains. But if your guest is a fellow podcaster, then you can hold them to a higher standard and inform them when their audio may not be working as they expected it to be. They will be very grateful for it because we as podcasters, remember, obsess often over our own audio quality. So if you have another podcaster as a guest in your show, they want to sound the best possible as well. So they would really appreciate it if you told them that their audio quality wasn't as they expected. And even some of the most skilled podcasters can be susceptible to strange little things that happen. Maybe they don't use this particular tool that often, so they forget to check a feature. Or maybe because of powering on and off their computer or disconnecting and reconnecting certain equipment, their default inputs have changed. And so they have the wrong microphone selected and it sounds like they're coming through a different microphone. Don't assume this is something you can just live with if it's a fellow podcaster. Ask them for a simple test. Ask them to tap the microphone that you think the audio is coming from or they think the audio is coming from. Just have them go into the microphone and then you can know if you hear it when they're tapping the microphone that you want them to talk through, then you know, okay, you're talking through the right microphone. If you don't hear those taps, then you'll know, oh, you're talking through the wrong microphone. How about tap your web camera? Okay, it's not that one. Tap your computer where its built-in microphone is. Ah, it's that one. And then you can have that podcaster change it, and they're probably a little familiar with how to change the microphone. If not, you can guide them through that a little bit. This can happen with Hangouts. This can happen with uh, VoIP tools, especially tools that use the browser. There's not an easy way in many of these tools to select your audio device. Sometimes that even means refreshing the browser and having to reconnect or create a new event. So don't insult their intelligence, but do let fellow podcasters know if their audio isn't as good as you were expecting it to be. I remember one time, a 
a really skilled podcaster came to a podcast to be a guest on the podcast. And that podcaster was using their internal microphone. They had all of this really good equipment that they use for their regular podcast. But for some reason, they showed up to be a guest on someone else's podcast with really bad sounding audio. And it was even a little bit intentional that they said, oh, yeah, I I didn't think I'd have to use the other equipment. And that's the kind of thing that sometimes makes me want to smack my head thinking, why? Don't you know this is a podcast? Don't you want to sound the best you can? So it's okay to hold fellow podcasters to higher standards. Next, separate guest and studio audio. Multitrack covers a multitude of sins. If your guest's audio can be recorded into its own track, then you have a whole lot more flexibility to fix and improve the audio in your post-production. For example, you can fix volume differences, you can reduce background noise on only one track and not the other, you can edit out crosstalk or overly active listening, that's where they're going, mm, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, mm, uh-huh, or maybe you're doing that, please don't be the one who does that, but it's very easy to edit out in multi-track, and you could also apply separate compression and EQ for improved quality. If you want some more information about recording in multi-track, look to the show notes because I do have some tools mentioned later on, as well as I will link to some past episodes where I talk more about the whys and hows of recording in multi-track. And you have a whole lot more flexibility than if your guest is on their own track. You can fix those kinds of things that would otherwise be a distraction. But if you record everything all mixed together in a single track, then you don't have that much flexibility. You can't fix it if they're going, "Uh uh-huh, 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 in the background while you're talking. Next, match loudness. Your audience will accept lower audio quality as long as they can still hear and understand your guest. The most common fault I hear in interviews is not a difference or poor audio quality. It's mismatched loudness between the host and the guest. This is much easier to fix if you've recorded your voice and your guest's voice on separate tracks. What I love about loudness normalization standards is that we have finally a way to measure and ensure consistent volume levels within an episode and across episodes. No more having to look at the waveform, which really isn't completely accurate to perceived loudness. These tools, loudness normalization standards, and when we talk about LUFS, L-U-F-S, or that stands for loudness units relative to full scale, That's a way to measure the perceived loudness. So then we can more easily match the loudness of one thing to another. This is more than peak normalization. So if you go into your audio editing software and you choose normalize, it's normalizing usually based on the peaks. So if you are generally very quiet through your entire audio and then you have some one really loud spot, that volume amplification or de-amplification will be based on that loud spot, not the rest of your audio. Whereas loudness normalization measures the perceived loudness and it looks for what's the average, what's the consistent volume level of this. The simplest way to match loudness is with a phonic, either through the online version or the desktop app. And I have a link to a phonic in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio. You can also normalize the loudness with your editing software. Usually that process involves compression, that's to reduce the loudness range, limiting, that's to ensure that the audio peaks never distort by going beyond a particular limit, 
and then target amplification to raise or lower the results to match a target loudness standard. For podcasts, that would be negative 16 LUFS stereo or negative 19 LUFS for mono. And I do have tutorials about loudness normalization using different tools and including a universal loudness normalization workflow that works on any software and even works with free tools. I have tutorials on that inside of Podcaster Society if you're interested. So these techniques that I've shared will help you ensure that you get the best audio quality from your guest. And those are make it easy for your guest, focus on the message, maintain your own audio quality, encourage good mic technique and environment, separate guest and studio audio, and match loudness. Now here are some tools that you can use to accomplish these different things. I really recommend that you go to the show notes for these tools. Some of these will be affiliate links, yes. But I also want to maintain this list to add or remove things because things change. So either I will have the list in the notes or I will link to a separate page that has an updated list of these different tools you can use to record podcast guests in the best quality possible. First, the obvious. Skype, Hangouts or Hangouts on Air, Zoom, FaceTime. These are the most popular VoIP tools for connecting with others in higher quality audio. So you're not getting a telephone call quality. You're getting something much better. And these can produce some great results. You simply need a way to record them. You could also look at Ringer, Zencaster, Cast, tools like these. These are what I call multi-ender VoIP tools that handle the conference call and record each participant into separate tracks at the local source. So instead of recording through the internet and thus susceptible to bandwidth issues, It records them on their side and then uploads the recording when it's finished. And many times this records into separate tracks. So you have all of that wonderful flexibility to process their voice separately from your own. These kinds of tools run through a browser or an iOS or Android app. You could also look at a recorder integration tool like Ecamm Call Recorder for Skype or Ecamm Call Recorder for FaceTime, which both of those are for macOS. Or look at MP3 Skype Recorder or Pamela for Windows. These are single app call recorders that do their jobs pretty well, but are limited to specific apps. So if you use Ecamm Call Recorder for Skype, you can't record a Google Hangouts on Air. Also, because these integrate directly with the VoIP apps, any update to that VoIP app has the potential to break the integration. And this has happened many, many times before. And you'll see this often in communities online. People will say, oh, I updated Skype and now such and such doesn't work anymore because it integrated somehow directly with Skype and the Skype update broke it and you have to wait until that tool updates or revert to an older version of Skype or whatever other tool you're using. That's why I recommend some kind of standalone recorder option, not something that integrates directly with the software, but something that can work with almost any tool you're using. On the software side of things, look at Loopback or Audio Hijack. Those are for macOS. They're both by Rogue Amoeba. Or on the Windows side, look at Voice Meter or Virtual Audio Cable. These apps can record or virtually reroute any audio source on your PC. And because they're standalone apps, you can use them with any VoIP tool. Maybe you're using Skype today. Maybe it's FaceTime tomorrow. Maybe the next day it's Google Voice. Maybe after that, it's something completely different. You don't have to worry about what that app is and whether it's compatible. All you have to do is set up the routing or the recording sources in these different apps 
and it will handle that recording for you and often giving you that ability to, again, separate your recording tracks. For a hardware solution that isn't a complicated big mixer, look at something like JK Audio's CellTap 4C. This is a really cool device that I discovered at NAB Show 2015, and I've got a video about this device that I link to in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio. This device connects to any mobile devices or desktop computers 3.5 millimeter TRRS audio jack, or the adapter for that. That's tip ring ring sleeve. So this is providing stereo output and mono input. It's the typical kind of audio jack that you see on smartphones. And some laptops, when they have only a single 3.5 millimeter jack, it's most likely a TRRS audio jack. And newer iPhone models include an adapter as well as other models as they upgrade to remove the analog audio jack. We'll be including these adapters for a while. What the CellTap 4C can do is it connects to that device through a TRRS cable, and it splits the audio into left and right channels. So it puts your voice on one channel and your caller's voice on the other channel, and then it sends that split stereo signal out to a 3.5 millimeter TRS, so a standard stereo connection. And then you can connect that to any kind of stereo recorder, like a Zoom H1, a Roland RO5, anything like that. And then you've got split track recording. You're not hearing it that way, but you do get the recording that way. And it can then connect to any kind of small device. It's really portable. It's about the size of a smartphone. You just bring that little device with you and you can record phone calls, Skype calls, any kind of conversation that you can have through your mobile device could then be recorded both your side and your guest side. You plug your headset into that device and then it records both of those sides for you. Really cool little device, about $100. I have a link to it in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio. For connecting over telephone call, look at something like Skype Out or Skype In, Google Voice, Uber Conference, even Anchor. These different tools allow you to make or receive telephone calls, and they may have recording abilities built in, or maybe it's simply a way to have a telephone call on your computer so that you can use your other kind of voice recording tools. But if these tools have built-in recording, like Anchor currently has this really cool recording feature on it, it's surprisingly telephone quality, and these kinds of tools will often mix both sides of the conversation into a single track. So even if you are talking through a professional microphone, it's recording at telephone quality, and making it much harder for you to edit separately because it's mixing your voice with your guest voice in that telephone call quality. If you want to go the route of having your guest record themselves and send you the recording, which is not necessarily the best and easiest way to do it, but it is possible in certain circumstances, especially if they're a podcaster. If they're a podcaster, they have their own workflows. You can just work with that. But if they're not a podcaster, then you could look at asking them to use the Sound Recorder app or Windows Voice Recorder. Those are both Windows apps and are free official tools from Microsoft. Or if they're on Mac OS, then they already have QuickTime installed and they can use that to record audio. So you don't have to ask them to install Audacity, export as Wave, all of that stuff. You have them launch their basic recorder on their device. Maybe there's a quality setting to change or a microphone source setting to change. They press record, they press stop, save, send you that file. 
these could even be pre-installed on their computer so they don't have to download anything. And that's if you want to go that route of having them record their voice through their computer. I have the links to all of these in the notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio. If you have some other tools you'd like to suggest or other considerations, I'd love your comment on the show notes as well at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio. And while you're there on the show notes, I'd also appreciate it if you would share this episode out, if you got some benefit from it. You can click on the buttons to share it on Twitter, Facebook. You could share it to groups on Reddit, on Facebook, Pinterest, anything like that. That's all over in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash guest audio. Please connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at the Daniel J. Lewis. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.